The Story in Your Head, Episode 28, How Our Stories Influence the Stories of Others. Welcome to The Story in Your Head. I'm Ron Macklin, and today Michelle and I discuss how the stories we tell ourselves can shape and influence the stories of others. We also talk about different practices you can start today that can help you be free from being influenced by the stories of others. Are you looking to strengthen your relationships, whether personally or professionally? You want to learn how to build authentic connections faster, or perhaps you're looking to beat employee burnout through the power of connection. My name is Ron Macklin, founder of Macklin Connection, and in our workshops, we teach you the fundamentals of how to do exactly that and more. To learn more of the power of your relationships, visit us at MacklinConnection.com. Welcome to our podcast, The Stories in Your Head. Today, we're going to talk about how our stories influence the stories of others. So, for example, you know those long car rides that everybody kind of dreads and you're pretty bored, at least I am at times, when you're driving on the turnpike or parkway or whatever is in your state? And you look out the window and say, boy, there's a, there's a lot of red cars out there today. Or for me in South Florida, boy, there's a lot of Teslas out there today. And then suddenly, that's all everybody in the car sees. Why is that? How does that open up space for others? Ron, what about you? Do you have experiences like that? And, and how has that influenced you? And how has that opened up space for other people? Yeah, so the first story I share is when I was pretty young, my parents went to the quality Chevrolet dealership in Wichita, Kansas, and bought a green Chevelle. And on the way home, I saw like three other green Chevelles. I don't remember any on the way in. But once I was in the car, I had the story about that car, right? And I was going, like, does everybody get a green Chevelle today? Is this like everybody, like, wow, this is crazy. Well, the mechanics of that, as I hold them, are we don't notice the world based on what is out there in the world. We notice the world based on the stories in our head kind of why we named the podcast The Stories in Your Head. When we can have a distinction for that particular, whatever it is, I mean, it could be anything or a concept or a philosophy or an artifact, any of that stuff. When you have that in your head, you can now notice it. And until you have the story, you can't notice something that's not there because there's no story for it. And the best way I can describe that for myself is when I moved to Germany, I didn't speak German and I didn't have the stories of what all those words meant. And I had no idea what people were talking about, but I made up all kinds of stories. Normally it was about how they were judging me and about me being a loud, obnoxious American, which was not what they were talking about at all. When I, once I learned the language, they were talking about the same kind of stuff we talk about, like well, we're going to go to dinner and, and you know, does this look good to buy or not? Or what you want to have, uh, should we go down the street or the other street? It's just normal conversations. But I didn't have a distinction for it, so I couldn't notice it. So we only notice with the stories once we have the stories. That's the mechanic of that. How does it show up in life? How does it show up in this space? Yeah, for, for me, 
I was always fascinated by the car rides when I was a kid, right? So the same thing. It's like, why are there so many whatevers on the road, you know? And I didn't really think about that, how to translate that into everyday life till much, much later in my life. And I think one of the places I first recognized that and ran a little experiment was in a business meeting. And in the, the business meeting, there was one person that had some really great ideas, but everybody was sort of downplaying that person's ideas, right? Mm-hmm. And what I find fascinating in my initial observation was the person next to them would then say the same thing, maybe slightly differently. And everybody's like, yeah, that's a great idea. And I'm like, by the way, this happened to me a few times too, right? It's <laughs> <laughs> not always, and a friend, I'm asking for a friend, you know, one of those. <laughs> I got it. And I was like, why is that? Right. And so when I saw it in in other places, I ran the experiment. I kind of said, when the person first said the idea, that is a great idea. Right. I noticed their idea. That's all I did and acknowledged it. But the story around the table kind of changed. Yeah, that is a good idea. Like it was the first time that person had a good idea. But it opened up a whole new space and story about that individual that they could have good ideas and ones that we want to talk about and discuss. And it was like, wow, talk about powerful that is. And all I did was acknowledge something and brought a story forth that I had. That person has some really good ideas. Has that become a part of your stand? It has. And I continue it today. And so part of the stand is to acknowledge others, right, for their ideas. But another part is to notice. And what I mean by that is there's been other meetings that I've gone into and there's that, you know, that gossip, you go into a meeting, oh, so-and-so is a total, total pain. They, you know, whatever, they're just going to disrupt the meeting on you, right? So there's this story that exists and I'm new to the group, so I can play the the naive person, right? Which mm-hmm. I am kind of going into it and to really notice what the person is saying and not let the gossip and stories exist. And there was a meeting where this person was, that was the gossip. And she had a great idea. So it happened to be a landscaping committee in our community, right? And and in South Florida, that is what it's all about, is landscaping your community, right? A ton of money in the community is spent on landscaping. And people are incredibly passionate about what type of plants they have where. And fortunately, it's not something I care a lot about. And I'm willing to let people do whatever they need to do. And it looks fine to me. But she was very passionate and she knew a lot about plants. And I don't know what the story of the passion came across or what, but I would work with her when she had an idea I wanted to bring forth to the community. Yeah, that's a good idea. We should look into that type of plant. And she'd have a whole narrative behind it saying why this plant was good given the climate conditions in South Florida. And what I noticed with her is that she also had this other thing that would happen. She would say it. And then when people commented, well, I'm just a kindergarten teacher, right? That was her past. And she hid behind this little story of I'm a kindergarten teacher. And that's why nobody listens to me. So the first step was just to acknowledge her ideas. And then the group would talk about it. And week after week, right, they started like, well, okay, that is a good idea. And the the drama, I'm going to call it, didn't occur as much. And then another fascinating thing happened is her story of I'm just a kindergarten teacher diminished. You'd hear it once in a while when she got sort of scared. But it's like, how about that? You know, so that is a very long story of the stand of just noticing others 
for who they are and not some of the drama and stories and gossip behind it and acknowledging them. Yeah, that's great, Michelle. What has occurred for me in the system memory back to before I had this knowledge, this distinction of the stories and, and we, when, once we know the story, we can see the world through that story. Cause I had a story that, well, something would come up, right. And somebody would have the answer and answer inside. I was going, what's wrong with me? I didn't have that. I, I didn't have that story. Right. I'm not, I guess I'm not very smart. Right. Um, I'm not very quick. I'm slow. And I got to watch out for that person because they're much better than I am. And as I began to work this, I began to realize what was going on in my head was I just didn't have a story. I wasn't exposed to it, wasn't being curious about it, didn't hold it. And it was not like, I can't know everything. And every time I can look at it, I can say, hey, this is an opportunity to learn. This is a new space to learn. But that's not how I was working. I was working like, well, I better be quiet because then people will. In fact, I even got quoted in a yearbook, my high school yearbook. It's not my quote, but I said it, so they put it, gave it to me, which is it's better to keep your mouth shut and let everybody think you're a fool than to open it and to remove all doubt. And now I'm in a space of, no, it's it's a perfect thing to do is to open it up and say, well, try it on. See if you, see what, if it works. Listen to what other people say. Get that dialogue moving and then just say, this is just a story that's missing. And I can then open up a world for that. Well, it was years that went by, and the priest and I realized when I'm judging somebody else for what they can and can't do, it's really they have a story that's missing. They don't have the same story, the same experience, the same background. And they're brilliant people. They're trying to do the best they can, and they're just missing a story. So if we're missing a story, how do we go about getting the stories out so that people can notice all those different stories and be able to see from them. How do we do that? Yeah, that was going to be my question to you. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Because I I totally accept that it's a story. I'd say that's a revelation for me years ago. Not a lot, right? That it's a story and that I have the power to recraft my story. But I can't recraft another person's story for them. They have to recraft it, right? But what I can do is give them space to recraft it. And it's space both in helping them see that they can recraft it and the courage to then recraft it for themselves. Right? So part of, and I'm still working this and experimenting with this, and and I'd love to hear what you're doing to kind of help with this. But like I said, that acknowledgement of people so that they can hear my story of them is that they're valuable. They have something important to say. You know, we can work through some of the components. We can work through some of the ideas and to give them that space and to also talk about myself. Hey, I didn't have that idea. That's fantastic, right? It's probably true to kind of give them that space to get that confidence, my vulnerability, and for them to step forward into a safe space to be able to recraft their story. So that's what I'm thinking and what I've tried in my experiments, but I'd love to hear yours. The the metaphor that I love is trying on shoes. And when we go to buy a pair of shoes, we don't really go out and say, oh, this is the shoe, and we'll leave, and we go home, and that's it. We try them on. We see how they look, how they feel. Even if we buy them online, we bring them home, we put them on, we walk around the house and go, yeah, no, or yes, right? And even if you bought the shoe several times before, because you never know if they change the design, and you bring them home, you try them on, you see if they fit. And all of our programs and 
an ethic for me is even included around the dinner table at my house is to give everybody a chance to share their story. What it is, right? For at our house, we, we do the high point, low point. So we get to the table, we're sitting around the dinner table, and it's been a fun journey over the last 25 years with our kids that you know they figured out all kinds of shortcuts and stuff. But what we're doing is we're giving them a chance to share what they did that day and to put it out into the world for them to hear it, for other people to hear it. And when we take it out of like the family world and say, okay, I'm going to go into work, I'm going to work with a group, a chance to stop and to interrupt whatever's happening and say, so what's showing up for you? And let each person share that story out loud. When we do that, and, and this is what shows up for me, I, there are some things that I just didn't see at all that were out there, right? And they were working it. They learned their head trying to solve some problem or, or they noticed something or they did, created something and they share that into the world. And when they do that, everybody else gets to hear that story. And in a way, they get to try it on, right? To see, is that the story I want? Do I like that story? Is it useful? Is it, is it mine? Now, externally, they're doing this. And internally, in their self-talk, they're, they're trying to see, does that make sense? Or how could I be so stupid and not have that before? Or I can't believe I'm not that smart. Or I can't believe I can really see that. Like there's all kinds of stories that happen in our heads. And a chance for us to speak them out loud right, in a way that everybody can begin to try on those stories. Recently did this with a group of about 16 people where we had went to and experienced some situation. And at the end of it, because it was a situation that was kind of new, uh, different, kind of out, out of everybody's domain, but at the end of it, we sat down and said, what showed up for you today? What did you learn? What did you create? In a safe space, not like a quiz. <laughs> not like, oh, you got to get this right, and, and we're, we're going to give gold stars or grades out at the end. But it's a space for you to just to say what it is. What I notice happens. The first thing is they hadn't stopped to think about it. What I get today, they're all going like, you can see that look up in the sky. What the hell did I get today? What, what, what showed up, right? So now everybody's thinking about what showed up for them. Two, they get a chance to speak into the world. So now, while we're speaking it into the world, what showed up, it's also coming back into their own ears. Right? Like So we hear ourselves speak, and there's a new space for us to notice because of we're hearing our own stories, to go, wow, that was pretty good, or I didn't know that I did that. That was good or I don't know what to do with that or whatever that story is, but you get to hear it. You get a chance to try it on again. And then what really happens is other people get to hear those stories. And if we do it in a safe way, an environment that's not like a quiz or a test, but acknowledge people, just say, thank you. That's really cool. Then everybody can share those stories and everybody can try them on. And then you have, in this particular situation, 16 people sharing their stories to where 16, 15 people each time can try on those stories and say, that was really cool. And this particular event, the next day somebody said, you know, I didn't see all those things until they said them. And then I could see them. So what you see, and if you share it with their story with somebody else, it will open up a new space for somebody else to see something that they didn't see. Even though the light hit their eyeballs the same way it hit yours. The sound hits your eardrums the same way. The smell particles hit your nose and your taste and your touch. All of that was exactly the same. You didn't have the same story in your background, so you didn't notice it the same way. 
that's nothing good or bad, but the more we have a chance to share what we notice, the more we can learn from everybody else. Yeah. So Ron, what shows up for me is one of my stories, right? Which I'm recrafting as I sit here and, and speak. And that was how simple that was. What I mean by that is you just ask a simple question, right? No judgment. And every person, no matter what they say, thank you very much. Where, and I'm still working this, I have the story, I have to create this big complicated environment for people and have this incredible setup, you know, aromatherapy candles. So everybody's calm and the lighting has to be perfect. And then you can create an environment where everybody can share and feel open and safe. But it really doesn't have to be all that much. It could be re just asking a very simple question and acknowledging and thanking each person as they go through telling their story. The, the way of being that I craft for myself as I go into that is a simple term, dignity. That I'm going to be dignified with every person that's there, including myself. And we're all, in many ways, beginners in some area, sometimes many areas, and it's a beginner conversation. And to be dignified with each person makes it safe and easy for people to put down their shields and to listen. And we'll go into shields in one of the next episodes. Yeah, so thanks. So I'm just curious. Do you start with yourself to open it up and show the vulnerability, or do you end with yourself? Is there a practice you have? Ooh, that's a good one. It depends on the stories I've made up about the group. I didn't say there's a right answer. I want to make sure I get that clear, right? There's no right. It's just what, what depends on what I make up about the group. If I wait until the end and you have a story that they will have the courage to go speak what they really noticed, right? Then you don't shape what they notice. And you'll notice as you go in a big group like that, sometimes people that are like number ninth or number 10th are going like, yeah, what that person said. And if I go first, that shapes it. It shapes everything about it because I have taken on the role of being a leader and they will be the follower. And I, I try to avoid that because I don't want to shape the conversation. I really want them to be authentic and real as possible. And I normally try to start with somebody who I think will be like authentic, real, like not trying to stage or pose or do anything like that. Just open it up. Now, if they're looking really scared, or should I maybe rephrase that? They're always scared. But if they're looking like they're petrified, right? And I've made up a story that they're petrified. I'll start with something that is a little more benign and easy to kind of give them the courage to, I would say that, was it glum onto it or jump, you know, to jump on that space, something to get them started. So you're not in a space where you say, so what showed up for you today? And you get that deer in the headlights. Oh my God, he called on me. I don't, what am I going to say, right? And outside, they're going like, but inside, they're freaking out. So that, that's like my strategy for that. I don't know that I always get it right. I'm pretty sure I don't. But in our programs, when we go through that, we normally let everybody else speak first, and then the leader speaks last. Because that gives them space to do that. Yeah, thanks, Ron. You know, in the programs, we create that safe space right from day one. And it continues to build. And I was just reflecting on a group that I don't have so much background with, right? How do you start? Or maybe a group that I did have a lot of background with where they have a tendency to yell and scream at each other. 
and would I go first or would I go last? And I totally accept that going first can influence the outcome, but sometimes you need to start. And and the answer, it depends, right? It's the great answer to every to life and everything. <laughs> it depends. But thank you for that practice. What I gained out of it is to be much more conscious about it, right? And intentional about how you want to create that space. The part of the, you know, add this into the power of going last is they've got theirs out there. And in some ways we've kind of emptied out, right? So now there's like this the space because you go, well, I've got my story and you say your story and you go, I don't have a story now. So there's an emptiness. And then when you go last, you have a chance to create something in an empty space. And a lot of times they'll go, I didn't see that. And now this shows up and they kind of have to be empty like not all in their story, you know, that well, maybe, maybe you're like that, Michelle, but somebody's talking and you're going like, Oh wait, I've got something I want to say. And I'm just going to wait till it's my turn to say it. I have no idea what the other person's talking about over here. Cause I'm just busy really trying to put what I want to say into it. And that's a common human condition and you want to be heard. And this gives them a chance to everybody to be heard. And then you can speak something and it's a way that they can see it and notice it because they have the space to see it. Yeah. I'll add one more to that. I also have, the, I, there's something I want to say and I'm going to hold on to it and I'm going to wait and it's going to be, and then somebody before me, right before me says the same damn thing. And I'm like, shoot, that was my answer. <laughs> and now I have to create something new. That could be where there's a little bit of panic. Mm-hmm. However, I've never failed to not come up with something, you know, may have taken a couple extra seconds, breathe, calm down. Right. And, yep. and there it is. So the, the panic is rebuilding the trust with yourself. Hmm. To trust and believe in yourself that you're enough. Yeah. And then I have more than one thing to say. That's great. Thanks. I want to I want to give a little break here and say we always have something to say. Whether we trust ourselves to say it is the story that matters. Mm. Thanks, Ron. Some of the most amazing things I've ever said in my life started out with this. I have no idea what I'm gonna say, but I believe in myself. I'm enough. Here it comes. Thank you, Ron. I think that's a perfect way to end our podcast for today, for everyone to remember that. Breathe. You are enough. You have something to say, and it'll be beautiful and wonderful and perfect. Authentic. Very. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Ron. So if you have any comments on this, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. I'm Ron at MacklinConnection.com or reach out to Michelle at Michelle at MacklinConnection.com. And you can always go to our website and sign up for our newsletter or our tossing lines. Thank you. Have a great day. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you all for listening today. Please take a moment to subscribe to the story in your head on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. Thank you all. And we'll see you next time.